and chisel clove and graver wrote, and forged with blade and wound with silk, and silver mine, the mason built a battle pearl. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the final episode of Riddles in the Dark before uh, the film comes out. This is pretty exciting. Um, we are really, really, and and also this is like an unprecedented second episode in a second week. No, we've done that before, but still pretty exciting. Usually we go the other direction and have like a month break. So um, everybody is here, and uh, we have a uh, we have a hard stop in uh, like an um, hour and forty five minutes. So without further ado, yeah. let's let's get Probably it going. Probably about an hour and half actually yes yes so uh let's get going i'm your co-host dave kale with us is also my co-host from riddles in the dark digest trish lambert and of course the illustrious tolkien professor professor Corey olson good morning guys good morning good morning i want to do for Corey like they did for stephen colbert Corey, Corey, Corey. Thanks, Trish. I appreciate that. That's very, <laughs> that's very thoughtful. <laughs> All right. Uh, so yes. Yeah, so today we're going to be uh, we're going to take a fun stroll down memory lane here as we review all of the riddles that we've done uh, this year. Of course, uh, you know part of the whole premise of this game from the beginning. Uh, you know, we called it Riddles in the Dark because there was so much that we didn't know, and the whole fun was looking at the evidence that we have, uh, primarily from the text, but also secondarily from the uh, the image, the images, and the story and the clips and things and trailers released uh, by the film people um, uh, uh, to sort of speculate and guess what was going to be going on even when we knew very little. And of course now, we, even before we have seen the film, uh, we know so much more than we did back in, what was it, January, February when we, when yep. we started this? I think that's right. That uh, uh, that I'm sure that some of our uh, some of our guesses and even some of our riddles themselves might seem uh, a little bit uh, a little bit funny in retrospect. But um, so of course that means those of you who waited until the very last second to register your votes get a cruelly unfair advantage. I can't help but think. And we we might penalize you for that. <laughs> yes. Or at least, or at we're least, gonna give, assuage our own pride. Yes. So, yes. Well, I, I personally want to give bonus points to anyone who's been listening from the very beginning. <laughs> That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. Then yeah, again, it does seem like there should be some kind of handicap, you know. Yes. Then again, anyone, anyone who started listening anytime, I, I, I thank you very much. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. It's exactly. It's not like we're we, we're prejudiced against uh, more recent listeners, but hey, it's the nature of the game. <laughs> So, um, do you uh, do you want to just sort of go st- go right back to the beginning and and start? Sure. Yeah. Well, we started with dwarves. Episode one and two, we talked about Thran and Thror respectively. In fact, uh, um, I remember that that after after the first like after riddle, the fourth episode or so, people there was somebody who came on the Facebook was on your Facebook page complaining and saying, "Are you guys ever going to talk about you know the Hobbit?" <laughs> right. Exactly. Because we all we all we did was talk about dwarves. So our first 
questions were uh, were basically related to that subject which has been so very exciting to uh, to so many of us over the last week, uh, and that is the background stuff on the dwarves and how they're going to be handling Thorin's family history uh, and the background story. Uh, to the hobby. that is you know stuff that takes place chronologically prior to the unexpected party and our two questions and I'll do them I'll talk about them right now in chronological order rather than talking about them in the order in which we actually did them uh, uh, in the show was first what, what are they going to do with Thror because of course as we know in the books uh, Thror is killed by Azog the Goblin, and that's what precipitates the war between the dwarves and the and the goblins, which culminates in the Battle of Azanulbazar. Um, so the you know the, that that was where we really raised the Azanulbazar question, and were um, were initially debating that. Then the uh, but then the the question with Thran was how are they going to handle Thran's disappearance? Um, He's captured by the necromancer, and of course, again in 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 the books, we know that Thran survives the Battle of Azanulbazar, of course. Um, but later on, he decides, um, at least the theory is, it's not known quite for sure, that he's going to try to sneak back to Erebor and use the map and try to get in. Um, but he's captured. He's captured in Mirkwood by Sauron, by the necromancer, and held in prison until Gandalf finds him. Um, his ring of power, the, the dwarven ring, is taken from, uh, from him, and he is, um, but, but he manages to keep the map and the key. Gandalf finds him, gets the map and the key, and then he dies. So our question was, <clears throat> are they going to they they do that? How are they going to do that? Um, how much of that are we going to see? Um, of of Thran's story, and in particular Thran's capture by the necromancer. Um, so you know, our, th that was that was our very first riddle. Are we going to see that in full flashback mode? Are we going to get that from you know as, as like exposition from Gandalf? Are we going to get that as exposition uh, from Thorin? Is there going to be no reference to it whatsoever? Um, what did we say on that, uh, uh, Dave? About what do you mean? The what what. What were our votes? Oh, um, number one? you voted A, uh, which is full flashback to Journey. Yeah, I yeah, voted. Yeah. Uh, I voted C, just exposition from Thorin to others. Right, I remember those days of heady optimism. Yep, yep. I was so optimistic for my first several, yes. uh, my first That's several right. votes. Yeah, and it just your answers slowly started migrating from around A and B to you know. <laughs> <laughs> nothing, nothing. They'll remove it. They'll change it. Yes, that became jaded over time. Yeah. Well, no, see, it's not that A's and B's are intrinsically more optimistic. And even to use the word optimistic implies a set of assumptions, which, uh, which I think are, are are kind of questionable. But certainly, certainly optimistic in the sense of uh, wanting everything that is possible to be included to yeah. be included. That's that right. Was, and included that was, that in. Was the just the way that you'd want it to be. Exactly. I, exactly. I, you know, um, in terms of optimism about the game and whatnot, and by the way, uh, Trish is, if you recall, this was one of those questions um, where, uh, where like, the, the the very first question is where Father Roderick started his precedent of adding answers yes. to our options. Yes. And, <laughs> and Trish is one of the folks that, uh, that chose the uh, Father Roderick answer on this question. 
Yeah. What was Father Roderick's answer again? His was exposition from Thrine to Gandalf, or I mean, I think basically uh, the idea would be that Gandalf would encounter Thrine uh, at Dol Guldur, and then and then that's where the, the 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 audience would learn about Thrine's story through Thrine recounting it to Gandalf. That I, I you know. I, Got to, I gotta tell you, I think that's pretty unlikely since Thrine's supposed to be crazy here, and the the right the, yeah. the shots presumably of him were him as like a crazy old man attacking Gandalf. Now, and um, I have to say that the um the I I kind of think that the developments that have come out. I mean, the fact that it seems like you know, cause at that point we were assuming that if we got Gandalf and Dol Guldur, we would be getting the Gandalf and Dol Guldur way prior to the unexpected party. I mean, the kind of shift, the kind of temporal shift that they seem to have done in the film um, would seem now heavily to argue against. I think that because the whole point of Gandalf meeting Thran in the dungeons of the Necromancer is to get the map and key, and the map and key are going to be given to Thorin at the unexpected party. Um, you know, of that I feel very confident uh, um, from the all the film stuff that's been released. So. Uh, so clearly, Thran's not going to be involved in the map and key in that way. And if Gandalf doesn't go to Dol Guldur until film two, what's he going to meet Thran there for? I'm not sure he's gonna. But what about so? What do you what do you think about the the scenes of um, uh, Gandalf fighting the crazy old hobo man uh, <laughs> at uh, at Dol Guldur? <laughs> you know. Some crazy old hobo guy doesn't mean it has to be Thran. I mean, I was never 100% convinced. I was never even 50% convinced that that was Thran um, when that initial speculation came out following the first trailer in December. Um, and uh, though I think it was that speculation which prompted us to do our very first riddle on Thran because that speculation was yep. still rife at the time. And I, um, you know, I, I, I never... I mean, I it's not, I considered it and still do consider it a possibility, um, but I don't honestly see what function Thrayan has in the story now. I mean, it's easy for me to say, like, well, since his only function in the book is to give the map and key, and he's not gonna obviously not going to be doing that, then therefore he has no more function and can't be in it. I mean, perhaps there is some function that they're going to give to him anyway, um, but that would seem to me to make him... I mean, basically, it seems to me their only choice, if they're going to include him now, is to make him a fairly significant character. Yeah. Um, and it, He has to have some other purpose. What purpose are they going to give him? Yep. And Well, and I, I got to say, you know, one of the things, too, is um, I don't know that it's... Gan Gandalf is not supposed to know that it's Sauron at Dol Guldur. I mean, that's right. become really plain in the movie. You know, like, before they get to Rivendell, he has no idea. And it's actually, based on this 13-minute video that just came out a little while, there was a little bit more development on, on uh, Radagast, and he's apparently the guy who figures out what's going... I don't know that he figures out the Sauron, but he's the one that figures out something bad is going on. And it shows him kind of... He's fighting something strange... Like a blue uh, yeah. Nazgul or something. Yeah, so, that was in one of the trailers. It looked like a water yeah, spirit. It uh, looked like something. I saw that because um, when I was watching football this past weekend, they had several Hobbit trailers, and I did see one <laughs> which had several very suggestively as an bazaar like scenes. So, needless to say, since I had, right. as it happened, DVR'd this 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 game anyway, I went back and watched it frame by frame like four times, much to the annoyance of my son who was watching football <laughs> with me at the time, and. Um, 
And I noticed that that because that happened very soon after the As an Old Bazaar bit, um, and that was the one part right. of the trailer that yeah, I couldn't and, get anything and, out of. And this 13-minute video has him running through the forest, discovering that the trees are diseased, and you know it's like this big thing. So the point, my thing is. Uh, my question then is, when the heck does Gandalf get the map and key then, if it's not him that goes to Dal Guldur? So that's we're going to see, I guess. Well, yeah, and, and that's that's and that's something that is not um, uh, that's not really clear. Um, that uh, that's a question I've had all along about uh, um, sort of the the whole Dal Guldur chronology. Um, how many times does Gandalf visit? And when I mean I think I think it seems the way that they've developed the mystery angle on the the necromancer it seems as though likely he's going to make some kind of visit during the 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 actual chronology of the Erebor quest. But I've been wondering all along, like, has he made a prior visit, and will that be shown in some kind of flashback? Because one one of the concerns I have now about actually looking at a lot of these questions from early from the first uh, thing. Um, you know, one of the options we included here is none of the above, it will be left out, yada, yada, yada. Um, if we don't see anything on screen uh, in the first film, uh, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's not going to happen. It might happen in later films. When we when we did that, when we wrote these questions, it was there was going to be two films, and it almost certainly was going to happen in the first film if it would happen at all. Now, yeah. who knows? <laughs> it is true. I mean, you know, the parameter parameters from the beginning have been, you know, the the implied parameters are on screen in the cinematic version of the first film. Yep. But you're right. One of the com one of the complicating things is that what the first film is has changed since we first began. Yeah. Um, and in particular, I mean, a great deal of our initial evidence was premised upon that first trailer, which some of which is not relevant anymore. Right. Um, so, so yes, I do think, I don't know if this is an elaborate preparation for me for self-defense, for getting things wrong, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> which I don't want to rule out, but I do think that actually some things like that are are sort of a little bit misleading. But I say we just we just stick with it. Well, um, um uh, so two things. One, uh, <laughs> Billy in the Billy in the the QA uh, proposed that maybe the water spirit thing they're fighting is uh, Goldberry. Goldberry gone rogue. Yeah. Um, gone rogue. But you know, like Billy, I'm not gonna pretend I didn't think of that. I mean, I'm sitting there looking at this. It looked like a, like a malevolent water spirit, and I'm like, I only know one water spirit. <laughs> before she was. Is this before she was um, um, uh, kidnapped by Tom Bombadil? <laughs> right, exactly. Before like the shotgun marriage. I don't know. I mean, it's it's. Yeah, no, I I don't really think it's Goldberry, but I couldn't I I that was the one the only one scene, and it was so brief that even in frame by frame, I you I didn't get very much, um, but I, it was the only thing that I that I had no clue about. I mean yeah. that, and I've been thinking about it ever since, and I, I I can't even try to I can't even guess what part of the story it's in. Yep. Um, in order to have some way to con to contextualize that, so um. So yeah, maybe some kind of manifestation which is freaking out Radagast is is that's definitely a theory. Um, I don't know, but um, 
it's certainly I, I don't I don't see how it fits into uh, you know Bilbo and the dwarves journey. But <laughs> yeah. Radagast which, uh, takes a whack at this thing too, so yeah. that's kind of interesting. Wait, do you know which which uh, uh, um, video this is in? Which TV spot or whatever? No, I didn't. I mean, I it's only the just most saw it on. One. Yeah, it, it did was... get it, it, a link did get posted up on one of the either the Tolkien Professor site or the Riddles in the Dark site. So I think it, it was. Is it ten then? Probably. Uh, I think it's later than ten. I thought ten was the most recent let's one. See. Anyway, let's not get too sidetracked by the the water spirit. Um, I was just asking because Brianne did. <laughs> um, so my proposal for some of these early questions is. If if it comes down on on sort of the minimalist answer, the oh, if we don't see anything like if if we don't see any Thrine's backstory for Riddle One, my yep. proposal would be the ruling is whoever said nothing gets it right. But the, maybe yes. if 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 there's if there is any feeling at all that the question might still be relevant for future films, then we we. Right. We rule in the person's favor and award them points for this round, but then we leave the question open for the next round. Right, and we can carry it forward. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I think we'll want to do in our uh, in our debriefing phase following the first yep. film, yep. is to decide which of our questions we want to leave open or reinstate, in, in yep. essence, uh, for, for film two, I agree. Um, but still, I think the question, <clears throat> no matter what happens in Dol Guldur, I think that, I think the question, you know, in film two, um, I think the question about Thran and his background, I, I still can't imagine it's going to come up, uh, or it's not going to come up. And I still think the fact that it now seems like we are going to get the Battle of Azanulbazar um, is um, is now leading me to think even more that like we're, we're, we seem to be getting backstory, being shown backstory. And if we are, I could imagine being shown a sequence yeah. of uh, Thrain's, Thrain's disappearance. Yes. I, I feel, given, given the reveal of the uh, highly likely Battle of Azanobazar uh, sequence, I, I feel extremely yeah. justified for our early focus on dwarvish stuff. The, Absolutely, it I is, totally agree. It is obvious that the, these films are going to be heavily driven by by dwarf history and dwarf drama. Yep, I agree, and uh, and I am more hopeful than ever that I will get to see the dismembered and branded head of Thror. <laughs> <laughs> well, I gotta tell you for. something. I have a suspicion that Thror is going to be fighting in the Battle of Azanulbazar. He still just better get his head cut off. That's all <laughs> I have to say. Yeah, That's I think right. I think he's still, I think he is still going to get his head cut off. But I but think that, I think it's in. But if they do that, then why the heck are they fighting? Just because? Yeah, I don't know. Well, I mean, you know, like I, the reason I say that is. Yeah, I the mean, reason okay. I say that is because you know, I know yeah. we've seen Thror as a we've three we've seen Thror as a character. I mean, in one of the books, they actually have a whole photo of the guy and all decked out and stuff. Now that could also, I suppose, be in the Erebor backstory. So we right. still could go with right, exactly, exactly. But anyway, okay, so we'll see. So we've, we're not making great progress here. Those are no. our first two. <laughs> Um, so I don't think there's any clarifications that need to be made to the first question. Um, I think that nope. the most relevant thing is just to point out that that to remind people the parameters, uh, choose your answer based on what what you think will happen in the film that will be released next week on screen, cinematic release, yada, yada, yada. Um, right. 
and 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 if uh, it, during the debrief phrase we may go through and say, okay, let's le- let's leave this question open for the second film. We we will still award points for correct predictions about the first film, but we may leave uh, uh, um, uh, reactivate some of these questions for the right. future films. So, um, by the way, in case we're sounding in case we're sounding very bossy on this podcast. <laughs> Um, I do want to. I do want to let the listeners know that we do have an independent committee of judges who will be meeting right. at MythMoot next week to determine, you know, for once and all, all the correct answers here. So don't. If anybody's thinking, you know, Dave and Trish and Corey are kind of like twisting this to their own, you know, benefit. Just oh, know you're correct. Well, we are attempting. Well, I am. Yes. No. Exactly. <laughs> Basically. I, I, <laughs> A way that one could subtitle this event, with this uh, this podcast, would be uh, special pleading in anticipation of the decisions made by uh, the independent panel of judges next week, whom we are hoping to bias as heavily as possible uh, over the course of today's episode. Yes. Do you, do you, um, but hey, independent panel, do you want to risk uh, uh, the wrath of the Tolkien professor? Come on now. <laughs> oh, I will be wrathful. I won't be wrathful. Um, no, 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 no. But anyway, yeah, no. So they, they are, they are going to be. They are. We. None of the three of us actually have an official vote in determining the the right or wrong answers. Um, we do have one member of the of the committee with us today. So uh-huh. I will not name the person, but <laughs> but one of them is here. Anyway. Um. So 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 question two. <laughs> Was, Question two was Thor's death, and we've already hinted at it. Uh, was how Thor's death will be on screen, and um, uh, and this is a very very interesting question, uh, given given the evidence uh, that that there's going to be Battle of Azanolbazar, and 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 it plays a huge factor in the enmity and ongoing wars between the dwarves and the goblins. So, um, yes. and it looks like that is going to be a, uh, a, fa- a, a, a something in the films. The films aren't just going to be about, uh, the, the recapturing the, the, um, Erebor from Smaug, uh, you know, the, the, in the first film, it looks like the main villains, the main antagonists are all orcs. Um, at least right. the ones that, that we have direct yeah. confrontations with the, uh, or goblins, the great goblin, and the, and the goblins of Misty Mountains, and then they're being chased, presumably by Azog. So, so this is this is a huge this is a huge thing. This this history and and how they handle that on screen and whether they might change it. So, yeah, yeah, no, I agree. And um, so, so yeah, I, I it's it's okay. Well, the terms of our of our riddle: How will Thor's death be portrayed? Um, the full gruesome scene will unfold on screen, including Nara picking up Thor's uh, 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 severed head. The story will be told by a character, probably Thorn. It will be mentioned in brief, probably in reference to the wars between goblins and the dwarves. It will be left out, and the origins of the dwarf-goblin uh, conflict will be changed. <clears throat> um, and you know that's going to be interesting. Uh, this is going to be interesting to adjudicate. What did I uh, guess on this? I guess they, right? I was, I was, I was, I was yep. in my optimistic. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm just, ma- I'm just making sure I know so that in, yes, the, in, you the, did, in the analysis I'm about to do, I can, I can uh, attempt to, to bias the judges appropriately. Okay. So, uh, a, for, I think... for the record, if he dies on screen in the Battle of Azanol Bazaar, does not count as A. Oh, now come on. See, that's just what I was going to argue. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to. 
going to argue that a decapitation is a decapitation. Uh, and if we get him, if he gets decapitated and his head held up in triumph by an orc uh, in the Battle of Azanulbazar, man, I would argue that that still counts, man. Because come on, um, I think I think I agree with that. I, I don't know how to handle it if if what if he gets speared. Um, well, no, it, it, if he gets speared, then it's clearly not A. I, I would, you know, it's... I, here, here's, here's what I would say, actually. Even if he gets speared, if, if, if in conclude, if it, at some point during the Battle of Azanolbazar on screen, it transpires that his head is removed from his body, yes. I, I think that, I think that counts. I think that's A. Yeah. Now, of course, here's one of the problems is, and one of the problems is that, the premise, you know, we we said that the, this question was about Thor's death, but really our focus is on the origin of the dwarf-goblin conflict. Yes. Um, and we were making an assumption, which in retrospect is perhaps not well-founded, though it might still be, um, which is that Thor's death was, you know, given that Thor's death is the premise for the goblin-dwarf war. Um, you know that yes. that's the cause of the whole thing. How will they treat that? Will we see it? Will we um, hear about it by Thorin? Will it be referred to, or will that not happen? And will it be altered completely? <laughs> um, so if you know, if say Thor is alive and does get decapitated in the in the Battle of Azanulbazar, and no real explanation is given for the dwarf goblin war, or some other explanation is given for why they're fighting in the first place. Um, you know, one could make an argument for D to say that the origins of the Dwarf Goblin War have been changed. Yes. Uh, you know, if that happens. And so that both A and D could be in some sense true or almost true if that happens. So that's that's <laughs> tricky. For me, for me, I think that that's part of the... As much as I would like to bias this in my favor as strongly as possible, um, I think, <laughs> sort of shamelessly, I, I, I do think that the, intent, the, the, the intention of our question was involved with that and that what mm -hmm. we meant by mm -hmm. the scene will unfold meant the murder uh, not the death in battle but the murder of Thror right mm -hmm. um, and and I I, I kind of think if he's there for some other reason now again I still don't think that's going to happen I mean I still think that they are going to use the death of Thror because they're going to want um, I, I, I mean from everything that I've heard about Thorin and Thorin's depiction in the film I think this whole like dark family vengeance thing is going to be a big part of informing right. like you know my kingdom's been taken away my father my grandfather was murdered my father was probably murdered and i don't even know what happened to him and or maybe i do know that he was carted off to the necromancer's dungeon and i can't do a thing about it um and like you know and i'm sitting here like feeling helpless and grumpy and i'm not going to take it anymore like that seems to be part of the whole attitude of Thorin's character right. um, in the film it always seems to fit with everything we've seen um, so I have a hard time imagining that they're going to that they're going to do away with the whole you killed my grandfather plot thread right. um, but it, you it know, could be <clears throat> I, I can imagine a world um, in which we, we ultimately uh, decide to award points to people who, who do 
um, who answered A or D. Because what you could imagine is, obviously, if he's at the Battle of Azanulbazar, then there's some kind of inciting event that started that um, <clears throat> that was not his death since he's still alive. And yet, if if as the film goes on, there becomes there becomes increasing evidence that that he, nevertheless his death during the Battle of Al- uh, Azanulbazar is. Um, uh, you know, is is important to to Thorin, or that that they're seeking revenge for that now. You know, if that comes up during the uh, um, confrontation with the Great Goblin, then then in some sense A and D are not necessarily mutually exclusive. The you know the the, the, right. the it happens on screen. Uh, he gets his head cut off, all that kind of stuff. Clearly, that's A, and yet somehow, um, you know, it's also might be D. So. I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Especially given the, 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 the change in the, the changes in the, in the parameters and how little we know. That seems to me fair. Yeah. Um, that we could conceivably have more than one correct answer. Yeah. But I, I, I do think you're right. I think, I think that what this comes down to is, um, not just what happens on screen, but also what, you know, where does it, where does it, um, uh, show up in the story, the larger story. Um, yeah. That, uh, you know, and what role does it play? Is it is it an inciting event for some particular enmity, even even if not for the original wars? So I think that's right. Um, what would be interesting is what if what if he's on screen in the war, but we don't actually see his death on screen, and then later in the movie his death is referenced. <sighs> now the 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 greater always trumps the lesser. I mean, if one choice is it's only referenced, and the other choice is we see it, and we see it, and it's referenced. The referenced is wrong, and the see it is correct. No, I mean, but what if we, what if, what if, what if, um, the actor who's playing Thror appears on screen during the Battle of Azanulbazar, but we don't actually see what happens to him. We just see, we just see him standing beside Thorin in a brief glimpse of the battle, getting ready to fight or fighting or whatever. And then later in the film, we're told, oh yeah, he died during that battle. I don't know. I think this is what we uh, this, this is what we have. All right, we'll uh, let the judges decide. Judges we'll let the judges decide yeah. it. But, but hey, I, I, I gotta just say, you guys, we really suck at being efficient. We have yes, forty five yeah. minutes to go through the rest of the riddles. Yep, the let's conundrum. go. Let's go. No problem. Uh, no pace here. Yeah, yeah. So, so um, the next the next riddle, of course, uh, was was our favorite was our favorite one, which is, will they conflate the Battle of Azanolbar <laughs> with, with the Battle of Five Armies? I think this is this is pretty much all but answered almost. Um, yeah, I think. I mean, yeah. at least we have we now have very good evidence yep. to think so. Yeah, very strong evidence. Yep. And oh. and 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 I'm really sad to say that because <laughs> we both all, we we neither of us predicted it. Yeah, Tristan predicted either. In fact, we, we all predicted B. <laughs> yeah, we all thought it would be. In fact, we are witnessing the triumph <laughs> of Mark Fisher. This Mark Fisher. <laughs> You know, but I've always said that uh, you know, like there are many of these, there are many of these uh, riddles that I would have been happy to be wrong about. So you know, yep, that's right. That, that was one of them. That was one where we were like, we're picking B, but boy, we really hope we're wrong. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Not gonna complain about that. It, Some things are more important well, than winning. <laughs> I mean, at the time, we were talking two movies, and we just couldn't see how they'd be able to really do any justice to Azanulbazar. So, you know, that was kind of, I think, the basis of our answer. But, yeah, I mean, I, I don't remember when Mark answered. I think he actually, I think the points go to Mark because he actually did answer this back when it was still two movies. So kudos That's to true. Mark. Yeah. That's true. And, and, you know, and Sean Gunner, he also picked A for what it's worth. He, he, he did answer it later, but he certainly answered it before 
before the, the oh yes well right. TV spots were released so 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 actually two people will get this right it seems like yeah okay now cool. Riddle Four is an interesting one I think this one we have to table don't we uh. Yeah, I think. How will you're... Thorin end up in the Elven King's dungeon? Oh yeah, <laughs> great. Yep, more than likely. So yeah. the question here is: is do we we do have to table it? Do we freeze the answers? Yes. Yeah. Yep. I think so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, because I think anything anything that comes out about it uh, now. Uh, uh, you know, um, in the next year, between now and the, and the release of the second film, anything that comes out about it will almost certainly confirm or deny it. So, answer's frozen. Right. Yep. Okay. Um, yep. Riddle 5. And Here's I want to say, think... Riddle 5, Dave and I got this one right. Dave, I think you and I got this one right. I, I, well, we don't, we haven't, it hasn't been confirmed yet, has it? No, it looks fairly suggestive, though. Yeah, it's pretty. I've seen it. I mean, he definitely uses his staff to break the stone, which bring which lets the sun through. With the sun, yeah, that's been a very yeah. consistent feature of yeah. the of the. Uh, now I've even seen the before and after trailers. You know, when they were doing behind the scenes thing, where they had the full stone and then they had the broken stone and stuff. So, but he uses magic. I mean, it's his staff that does it. It's the old "you cannot pass" thing. It, yeah. it, is it magic or is it just him sort of doing the you know kind of? Kind of pointing out, indicating with his staff that, oh, look, there's the sun. No, he breaks the stone with his he staff. He does seem to break the stone, yeah. Ooh, That's what it looks interesting, like. Interesting, interesting, interesting. All right. Well, that's that's cool. What uh, the, so uh, let's just briefly review what our what the options were here. Uh, so so the question, of course, is is um, uh, how will the defeat of the trolls be brought about on screen? And the the options were a the Mark Fisher answer it will it will it will happen by uh, the sun coming up and Gandalf merely delaying the trolls um, uh, through cleverness and throwing his voice. B was it will happen via epic Lord of the Rings style action sequence. The dwarves with Gandalf's help will fight off the trolls long enough for the sun to rise. C was Gandalf will accomplish it via magic, either directly or indirectly. Dire you know, this was this is sort of the Lord of the Rings films on-screen magic type answer that he'll be, you know, shooting bolts of sunlight or whatever, or or maybe even using magic to or cause the sun to come up early yeah, or something. something like yeah, that. yeah. Uh, and then D is just the trolls will be stupid and will just um, screw around until they get caught by the sun. So. Um, and, and what we had in mind in particular for D was that essentially maybe the dwarves will escape and um, nothing the dwarves or Gandalf do will directly contribute to the to the trolls being caught out in the sun. But after the dwarves escape, let's say, then the, the, right. the, the trolls will be just sitting around their fire depressed and we'll just be like, oh, crap, there's the sun and we'll get caught. So. But I guess it, it is looking like it might be C. Although we have seen we've seen glimpses of things that look like action sequences, but that could be maybe before they all get captured, before they all get bagged. Yep. Yeah, it looks like they're going to uh, put up a bit more of a struggle, which is what we suspected all along. Yeah. Um, but hey, here's a riddle that will for sure be answered in the first movie. There shouldn't be a lot of controversy. <laughs> Yeah, that's good anyway. <laughs> but yes, I agree. C is certainly looking like the early favorite there. Yep. Yep. We got we at least we at least have one good question. Okay, and then 
we get into in number six, we get into the first really tricky one, um, which is the ending of the first film question. Yes, yes. Um, the question was, what will be the tone of the final moment of The Hobbit: An Unexpected Journey? Right. Yeah. This one's uh, this one is tricky because. Uh, I mean, it, 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 we, we intentionally tried to avoid saying where will it end or what will the ending be because we knew there was so much uncertainty. But, uh, but I think this one sort of is highly dependent on what the fir- where the first film ends. And so it's, it, it's tough. Um, but uh, yeah. what we see, you know, I, I, when I made this prediction, I made it assuming that we would be ending with the with the dwarves on their way to to Lake Town and that we'd be yes. you know that so um, the options... I still I still think it holds up though based on what we've seen. Well, I mean, I I think oh, no, the movie's I, ending now with the two of them standing on the Carrick and looking out at the Lonely Mountain. I, I think it I think it does. I mean, the question's still relevant. Obviously, it's just more. There's probably certain people that might that would love to change their assumption right. about the ending and, and oh the right. The... <laughs> but um, the options were. Um, uh, pre, uh, want a suspense. It'll be a cliffhanger, like like um, uh, our example was. They're captured by elves. B was hopeful that maybe they just escaped the Elven King's dungeons and they're on their way to the next step. Or perhaps they're uh, another uh, another example of suspense would be they're sitting in trees about to burn to death. Um, B is the hopeful. Another example of that is they're on the on the backs of eagles or in the clutches of eagles flying away. I guess that could also be suspenseful too if they think they're going to be eaten by the eagles, um, or they've just been dropped off by the eagles. Yes, C is foreboding. It'll uh, or it'll it's sort of an ominous um, ending. We're looking forward to to sort of a dangerous ending, and that could be maybe. They uh, uh, escape from the the burning trees. The eagles drop them off, and then our last shot is of um, um, uh, orcs mustering around Dol Guldur, or um, you know uh, that 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 sort of favorite little sequence that we love talking about of you know a shot of the Lonely Mountain, and it zooms into the secret door, and then we go down the passage, and then there's a burst of flame or something like that. That would be foreboding. Or an eye opens. Uh, D would be grief. Some some kind of loss. I don't think anybody thought that would be the answer. So, um, and we all picked C. We all think it's going to be ominous. Oh, yeah, I did. In fact, nearly yeah, I was, everyone. I was of the uh... everyone except Mark Fisher picked C. Mark picked A. <laughs> Nobody picked B, which is what it's actually looking like. It's most likely to be. Well, I, I, that's I, what I, I wonder. I mean, I was going to say the same thing. It I does, still think I mean, it's going to be foreboding. Yeah, I think it, it could. And remember, the terms of this are the last thing that the we see. The final moment. Right, that's right. So if we have right. this wonderful, uplifting rescue by eagles from flaming trees at the end of the film, but then, you know, the final shot is like we pan over towards something gloomy looking, or Mur- Murkwood, or, uh, or Dol Guldur, for all I know, or maybe, you know, the Lonely Mountain in the distance, uh, that, the, you know, and we get a. You know, glimpse of plus Howard Shore's music. Well, the music will probably also give us a a cue, Very right? Exactly. <laughs> For voting. So. <laughs> yep. Yep. Exactly. Cool. So, but so yeah. Fortunately, right. I do think by by chance that one holds up. I mean, it is a little bit hard. I, I would if, have been more tempted to say B if chance uh, you call had it. I known. Yeah, but I guess we can we can we can we can work on that. Um, okay, so our next one is. 
uh, oh, the White Council stuff uh, in connection with the split. Which seems um, highly likely to get... And this is another movie two one. Yeah. yeah, I think we're going to have to end up deferring this one. So our question was, how will the film adaptation handle the conflict between the White Council and the Necromancer? That is, like, the actual battle of Dol Guldur. Um, um, is it going to be an, an immaterial spiritual conflict from a distance, an epic battle sequence, direct physical slash magical conflict between principles only, um, uh, a la Gandalf versus Saruman in the Fellowship of the Ring, or no direct conflict at all. Um, no, I think it's. I think it's. I think we're going to have to table that one. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I think that's that's definitely true. Um, yeah. Th- there's no hope of that being on screen in the first film. Oh, uh, yeah. one comment about uh, the the previous riddle, the the tone of the ending. This does not include post credit sequences. Oh, for the for the for, oh yes yes they I go agree. the Marvel the Marvel film universe yes. route. I don't think they will, but 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 yeah, I don't think that'll be it. Right. Yes, but yes, I agree. I agree. It's the last the last pre credits shot. Yep. Yep. Right before Neil Finn starts to sing. That's right. <clears throat> That's um. Right. So Riddle Eight, an interesting one, um, was. What will be the main role of the Nazgul in the Hobbit films? And we kind of fudged a little bit on sort of films. This was our CinemaCon, our post-CinemaCon emergency episode. Yes. um, When the whole business about the tombs of the Nazgul broke. Um, And interestingly, interestingly, there's been neither hide nor hair of Nazgul since then. It, it, I was just going to say the same thing. That has been invisible. It right. has vanished like it never existed since then. But the, the Morgul knife is going to show up at the White Council meeting based well, on some of the videos I've I seen. I mean, recently. it looks like it, but it doesn't – it could could well be – maybe it will be um, – you know, there's always the possibility that they that they are testing some of this – this content and floating out and, and, and then and then especially when they made the decision about splitting into three films, maybe they axed all this stuff. And we won't see it until it's conceivable. DVD I mean you know, I mean there's I don't think there, so. There's a certain amount of precedent for some things like I mean like in particular the Arwen at Helm's Deep thing in in the Lord of the yes, Rings films, which they have they done had already it. filmed and then edited out. Um and the s- well, but this whole Morgul knife scene is recent. I mean, it was like just in something that got released last week. So my sure. thought is, no, 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 you no. Know. But but that but but it's it, the actual tombs of the Nazgul themselves. Oh, itself, right. You know that sequence, well, which um, has vanished. In the scene that was recently released, do they do they mention it? Do they refer to it as Morgul knife, or or is there just a shot of the White Council and a knife sitting on the table? No, it's it's wrapped up in the skin, and uh, 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 Jackson is actually giving directions about how they approach it and all that kind of stuff. I, I do, but I will say I don't remember it being actually referred to in that clip as a Morgul knife. Interesting. Though I mean, I could imagine them using that anyway. Um, and you know, that is t- to say whether or not they're actually going to. Th- that by itself doesn't seem to me to either uh, yeah. confirm or deny the tombs of whether they're going to keep the tombs of the Nazgul. Right. It may well be that they are, and the reason that it's vanished so completely. Uh, I, I mean, I, I I could see its vanishment being explained by the combination of a Peter Jackson not wanting to talk about it anymore because it's in film two, and so on for policy reasons, him 
completely clamming up about it right. and never alluding to it. That combined with the fact that most Tolkien fans don't want to think about that, and so therefore they're happy to forget to oblige him by forgetting about it. Um, I don't know, <laughs> but um, but I do think that. Uh, it, it, one way or another, I don't think I don't think this is going to be. Um, it's it, I don't I don't it's think this is going to be in the first film. Yeah, do you think it's a it's a movie two question? I mean, well, we should I still mean, keep it live at this right, point, right? But it certainly seems to me that if that is going to be in there, based on what we now know, uh, that is about the fact. That, I mean, because back when we were talking about this, my assumption had been that we were going to get some like solo adventures of Gandalf at the beginning of the film, mm -hmm. um, because again, I was sort of the presuming on Gandalf, the, on the James book Bond timeline. Sequence. Yeah, I still have fantasies about that. But anyway, um, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I, I have, um, yeah, we were still basing it on the premise that he was going to be doing his snooping around Dol Guldur stuff and possibly Tombs of the Ringwraiths or whatever prior to uh, the unexpected party. But that's now, all of that stuff has been moved until later. So chronologically, well, the you... only place I could see it fitting would be when they split before Mirkwood, and again, that's one of the one of the places where Gandalf goes. Well, you know, actually, in one of the gosh, I've been seeing so many things. I can't remember which interview it's in, and I can't remember who said. It. I think it might have been a McKellen says something about how in this in this story in this movie, you actually get to see where Gandalf goes. The Gandalf keeps leaving the company, and you actually get to see where Gandalf goes. Right, right, right. Yeah, no, so, that's exactly know, what I would be. expect. Um, as part of the fundamental premise of the films, actually, yeah, no, exactly. That's 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 just what I would expect. Right. So, right. Um, so yeah, no, I think I think that's if it's going to fit. I think it's I think it's likely to fit there. In fact, what I can easily see is him using the whole tombs of the Nazgul thing, if that's indeed going to happen, as a replacement. That basically, I could easily see Gandalf not entering Dol Guldur on his own because in this context. Where if we're going to get in the same film, Gandalf's investigations and confirmation that it's Sauron, plus the actual attack on Dol Guldur by the White Council, well, then Gandalf going to Dol Guldur twice would be lame, you know, mm -hmm. um, I think, potentially. So having him do, if he can confirm outside of Dol Guldur, if he can find some way to confirm that it's actually Sauron, um, then, you know, by seeing that the Ringwraiths have come to join him, you know, that could be the evidence that he then brings back to Galadriel and says, uh, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure this necromancer guy is Sauron. Let's, let's, let's attack. Um, and then they go for Dol Guldur from there. Um, so, you know, that, I, I mean, I still am um, kind of ambivalent well, no, I'm more than kind of ambivalent. I'm still rather disapproving of the whole Tombs of the Nazgul concept to begin with, but I, uh, if it's going to fit, that's how I would see it. Yep. Yeah, and Sharon Hoff actually makes the point. She's right. It is in the art, uh, in that book uh, about the uh, illustrate uh, the artwork of of the movie. The Nazgul tombs are in that book. Really? And it's supposed to be pertaining to movie one. Yeah. The art yeah. of the movie. What's it called? I, well, it's not the book. Is it? Well, it's not officially out yet. You might have it. It's it's not due to actually come out until the eleventh. But it's like yes. the art and uh, something is art and something else. But somebody kind of like they they um, scanned a whole bunch of pages from it and put it up on Facebook. <laughs> um, okay. No, I don't have. So that. we got a, a, I, I, I do have. A, 
Houghton Mifflin is publishing a bunch of the official. I think they're publishing all of the official movie books, movie companions, and they sent me a okay, bunch. Okay, well, of this them. one might come out. It's, it's due for publication on the 11th. You might be getting it soon. Okay, I don't know. If yeah, um, they, no, they, they sent me Brian Sibley's official movie guide, uh, Jude Fisher's visual companion. I've got uh, an unexpected journey, the Hobbit uh, activity book. Um, I've got the movie storybook, which does contain some things which are clearly relevant to. Uh, uh, our riddles, and then uh, um, what, like the world of hobbits or something? It's another like picture book kind of thing. So, but so um, about this question, uh, I, I am I'm looking through this, and I'm thinking uh, this looks like this could be difficult to judge. If uh, I don't know which of these, if there's nothing on screen about the Nazgul, I don't know which of these answers is correct. Right. Well, I think if there's nothing on screen at all, we table it. Yeah, I think you're right. I think if we don't see if, because I don't think because the question here is what is the what is the focus of the activity of the Nazgul? And so even if even if there's discussion about them, even if there's talk about the tombs and the uh, Morgul blade and all that kind of stuff, if we don't actually see any Nazgul running around on screen, or we don't we don't hear any discussion of oh the Nazgul were 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 you know chasing the the party or the Nazgul or you know, if there's no discussion by the White Council of what they're up to or where they are, it will be very difficult to answer this. So this might get pushed to film too, or at least, even if we can answer it, even we can say for the first film they were dredging the river for by the Gladden Fields, um, we may end up activating it uh, uh, for film too. So that's right. just something. I'm, I'm right. basically as we go, I'm writing judging comments for questions when relevant. So. <laughs> right. Um, and I, I, in our dire, in our instructions to the judges, I think we're going to include a list of of questions that either, you know, um, this one we don't expect you to, you know, we're we're going to let them make the final call, but we're we're going to include instructions about like, you know, this is a question we expect was not answered. Push, you know, so if if it isn't, push it to film two, or you know, go ahead and answer this question for film one, but we may reactivate it for film two. But uh, the answers the answers here were the the question we were, we tried to be very crafty with this question and we we asked what what will sort of the ring raids um, main theater of action be so allowing for the possibility that they might split up and do various things the question you know the our our, our focus here is what is their main purpose so where are the majority right. of them um, right right and and the answers were they were heading for Mordor. Um, preparing for Sauron's relocation. Uh, uh, that's the book answer. That's the book answer. Uh, in, yeah. in a sense, they they were never locked in an, in a tomb, but but that's <laughs> where they were during this time. Um, B yeah. was that they're they'll be focused on Erebor. So so the the company's being pursued. It there's still a possibility. Maybe it's the Nazgul, or they're involved in that somehow. C is um, uh, they're focused on uh, um, defending Dol Guldur. Um, so uh, maybe we'll see them hanging out, uh, set, preparing the defenses or something. And then uh, D is that they'll be seeking the ring. We 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 had a, a a humorous picture of them wearing scuba gear, diving in the 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 river near the Gladden Fields. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Dragging the river. Yeah. With, with a with a hook a rig. Yep. Exactly. Yep. So uh, so anyway. That's Nazgul. Uh, any other comments, or should we move on? Um, no, I have a quickie think, just to, think... to let to let Corey know what the name of that book is. It's called Chronicles: The Art and Design of the Movie, and it's by Harper Design, oh, okay. which sounds like another okay. spinoff publisher, maybe of HarperCollins. 
Yeah, it does sound like an affiliate. But no, I don't I don't I don't have that one, so that is interesting to hear. Okay. Um so next one we should move along. Number nine um was the frame uh narrative episode. Uh yes. Um, <clears throat> And so this one, despite all changes to the later aspects of the film, um, is still perfectly relevant. And that is, how will the film start? Um, you know, when, yeah, when it when it comes up, what is the first thing we will see? Voiceover exposition of background story elements, a la the Galadriel voiceover in the Fellowship of the Ring. Um, and then we have two types of flashback. That is, flashback type one to an epic action sequence. Um, and uh, uh, flashback type two uh, to a, so we get some kind of historical scene, but not an action sequence. Um, and uh, then D was to begin with a frame story. That is the first thing we get is um, a scene in the Shire with Bilbo and Frodo. Yep. Now I do want to point out that the deal here is opening moment. The question that's is, right. what will be the opening moment? So that's what opening I based moment. my answer on. See, I answered A, and you guys both answered D. Yes. See, now the uh, the epic action sequence. Um, one might argue, say, well, like, doesn't the Fellowship of the Ring, for instance, open with an epic action sequence because it opens with, uh, you know, the the, the Battle of Dagorlad and uh, the ring being taken from Sauron? No, it's, it's a voiceover. That's one scene out of many. It's the longest and most detailed scene that we get. But that if that if something like that happens, if there is that if if the action sequences that we're getting on screen are only supporting the voiceover exposition that we're getting, then the answer is A. Um, so, um, so, 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 yeah, I mean, um, I think that, the, so, so yes, we were predicting no voiceover exposition, that we're not going to get that same motif. Dave, you and I both did not choose A, right? That is correct. That's right. We, so, we, we, um, we, were, we were skeptical about how that could be used effectively or, or, Consistently with the the frame story, right, right, yep. And I am still hopeful that we'll go with D. Mm-hmm. And again, the, Sorry, you know, Grace. as we said last in the last episode, one of the biggest questions I I have and still have is how is the opening half hour of this film going to go? There are so many different things to be done, and so many different transitions. That I don't see, and I don't think that those problems are solved by a voiceover exposition. I mean, the way they did the voiceover in the Fellowship of the Ring was very effective because it introduced us to the concept of the Elven Wise who are looking over things in Goadriel. It introduced us to the history of the Rings and the nature of Sauron and um, the necessary backstory to understand the significance of the Ring of Power. Um, you know, it set the thematic stage for Aragorn and his final refusal of the ring at the end of that first film. Mm -hmm. um, it, it brought together things very effectively. When I talk about the complexity of things that need to be brought together at the beginning of this film, it's a different set of things. Um, there's the frame story. Frodo and Bilbo are going to both be there. How is that going to be integrated with... And there's a series of flashbacks. I am not sure that as an old bazaar and uh, the Lonely Mountain attack that is the sack of Erebor by Smaug could, could be comfortably done in the same exposition in the same way. Those are two different stories and have two, have different significances in the film. The one, the Battle of Azanul Bazaar, is the explanation of 
the enmity between the goblins and orcs. Mm -hmm. um, the sack of Erebor, of course, sets up the whole quest of Erebor story. But again, I don't see... I mean, you could do like, and here's a history of the dwarves kind of exposition at the beginning, um, in which, theoretically, you could do both of those, but I think they lose their force if they're just lumped together yeah. as two incidents in a sequence like that. And they have a spot to do that at the Unexpected Party, too, so there's already a logical place to do that backstory. Right. You know, right. when Thorin's talking. Um, also, we also know, which I think really, that part of the frame narrative with Bilbo and Frodo is it, it's, it's, it's the day of Bilbo's 11th first birthday party, and Bilbo tells Frodo Gandalf is coming, and so Frodo runs off to meet him, which, of course, is the beginning of Fellowship of the Ring. <laughs> of the Fellowship of the Ring. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Um, I don't I know. So I, I hope we're going to start with uh, with with Bilbo recounting his um, uh, his family tree. Ah, so we get an introduction to, to, a... to Bungo and Belladonna. It could happen. Yeah, and also because we know hobbits have a passion yeah. for for um, yeah. for that stuff, right? I think that'll be really yeah, exciting. History, the yeah. uh, the mainstream audience will really appreciate that. Absolutely. They'll, they'll just lap that up. Yeah. Yep. Um, <laughs> well, the Chronicles book does have a photo of Belladonna in it, and I know there's a picture, I think it's in Sibley's book, of Gandalf at some kind of fair with little children running around him, which certainly doesn't take place at the Unexpected Party. It's got to be a you know well, flashback of some kind. Well, we we do know that there is there was an interview with um, Ian McKellen a while back where he did say right. that 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 they have gone back and filmed scenes of Gandalf interacting with Bilbo's parents and Bilbo as like a small child or even an infant, and that the the purpose of that was to essentially sort of suggest um, uh, it's getting at some of the stuff that we've seen in in the 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 quest for Erebor where Gandalf yeah. comments on how when he knew Bilbo right. as a child he was adventurous and outgoing and then uh, right. when he encountered him later as an adult he was disappointed to find that the the Baggins side right. had taken over exactly so, um, exactly no that's just yeah. what I was gonna say I mean that is straight out of the quest of yeah. Erebor so yeah right right yeah um, which actually is a great segue into will... riddle number 10. Yes. True. Yes. True. Oh, yeah, Little yeah, exactly. Is how will they portray Bilbo's interaction with other hobbits? Um, and this is basically, the, the focus of this is what is the starting point of Bilbo's character arc in the film? Um, in the book, of course, he is a completely mainstream hobbit. He has that, that you know, he's got something queer in his makeup and everything, and uh, you know, but it's still, he is, to all appearances, uh, you know, a, a second edition of his Baggins' father. Um, and then, you know, he so then his discovery of adventurousness and you know his growing tookishness and the the changes that happen in his character move from that foundation. Are they going to do a similar thing in the film, or are they going to do it differently? Um, and and by differently, that there's you know in one sense there's no book answer. When we have two different possible book answers, we made the A book answer the one of the published Hobbit, which is in this case, that he is mainstream, that he's, you know, like fully Baggins, just like in the Hobbit book. But I say there's two book answers because, of course, the, uh, the Quest of Erebor depicts Bilbo very differently from the book in right. that way. It's one of the biggest differences about the Quest of Erebor, I think, um, in, the, in the depiction of Bilbo himself, is the fact that he is already getting a reputation for oddity and for adventurousness, and he's already going off to see elves and stuff prior to the adventure. Um, so, 
So yeah, so our options were that he's mainstream, that he's a loner by choice, but not yet outcast from his fellow hobbits. That is, he's somewhat separated, but he's not yet really socially deviant in the sense of being adventurous and going on, going on, on, on journeys and stuff like that. But still already somewhat isolated and not quite fitting in with everybody else. Um, option C is incipiently adventurous, that he's already notably Tookish even before he leaves. Um, and has a reputation for oddity prior to his adventure. And then option D is we're just not going to get anything like that, and those scenes will be cut. So, yep. What did I say? I know I I answered D because I just at the time at the time there were two um, there were two an, you know two movies, and right. I just thought they wouldn't spend time. But it does does look like we're going to get A. From what I've seen, especially in that 13 minute one, they actually show him like sitting down very pompously to eat. And I mean, there's this whole thing about him being very bagginsy. So I think it's going to be A. Yeah, I think, um, I think, I think, uh, interesting. Uh, Corey, you pick C, and Trish and I pick D, and I really regret that now. Jeez. Um, <laughs> yes, and, and Dave, I do remember your rationale was there's not going to be time. So I, I agree. I agree with that. And that's because there were. T- <laughs> Still, I think if there if there had been two movies, I, I don't think there would have been a lot of time. But now that he's going to three, now he can develop it. Dang it! Yeah, and well, we do, and I do. I don't remember how we know this. I don't know why I think this, but but um, oh, from the from the listening to the soundtrack, it sounds like we're gonna be like there's gonna be like a good half hour of content before we yeah. even set out from the Shire. So uh, right, uh, yeah. I well, think that's very plausible. Yeah. And I, I, oh, and they show I'm, him at a know. fair, you know, like at a market and stuff. I mean, there's there's apparently going to be quite a bit of Hobbiton-type yep. footage. I mean, so... From, I don't know, everything, I actually... from everything we've seen, it really seems to indicate something in the ballpark of A, but but also the, the scenes mm-hmm. that Ian McKellen mentioned of him as, a, as an infant uh, sort of showing his Tookish side makes me wonder if there's going to be sort of a – if, if, if uh, instead of them portraying him as thoroughly Baggins, if they're going to at least – they're going to hint at the that he has the capacity for enjoying an adventure and it's stuff. Good. So. Yep. Good. No, I still – I still think the exact same thing I thought back then. I I I, I haven't changed my opinion took? on this at all. Really? Tookish. Absolutely. You're kidding. No, and uh, I actually for... I I still think that's true. And I I on the, for the same reason that I think when in doubt they're going to go quest of Erebor. And secondly, uh, I actually think that some of the evidence that we've seen uh, supports it. So I, or we'll see. But I, I, I'm still, I'm still feeling nuts? confident in my C there. There was a really cute video that, that came out. It was one, I think it was one of the B-rolls. No, I don't remember. Anyway, it's one where it's during the unexpected party when it's, I think it's just before the whole huge crowd of dwarves show up. And the the bell rings and Bilbo is like up to his eyeballs in dwarf weapons. You know, he's carrying them in his arms and he's yelling, there's no one here. There's no one here. No one's home. (laughs) Struck by lightning. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) All right. Well, I think you're you're a stubborn one, Corey. I, I no, I still, I mean, look, incipiently Tookish does not mean completely Tookish. Like he's still, No, no, no. Seriously, that's been the premise from the beginning. I I never thought, and I I would certainly hope that they would never make him a character who has no movement whatsoever, you know, and make him like a hardened adventurer when they arrive at his door, but that's not what C was. C is that he is already viewed as, as odd 
by his neighbors that that they they already you know that that you know, thinking of the scene that we get in the quest of Erebor where um Gandalf stops by Bag End to see Bilbo before he goes to talk to the dwarves more, and he meets Holman, the gardener, who is uh, who is uh, Gaffer Gamgee's predecessor, as uh, as Bilbo's gardener, and uh, uh, and and asks, and and B Bilbo's not home, and he asks Holman where he is, and Holman's like, oh, he's gone off again. Uh, you know, and he's visiting elves, and Holman doesn't think it's natural. Um, so Bilbo is is you know is still. I mean, he's still Bilbo. I mean, this is this is Tolkien's concept. He hasn't totally changed it, um, but yet he already has gained a reputation for oddity. He's not considered just completely normal. In fact, Tolkien has reversed. He reverses later on, like you know the 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 business. What Holman says about him can't be true if it is still true that the number one thing about Bilbo is his absolute predictability, um, as is depicted yeah, in Chapter One of the Hobbit. So that's definitely or, a shift in Tolkien's mind. But again, it's not a complete shift. So no, incipiently adventurous. That was the phrase, and that's <laughs> the, that's what I'm talking about. I still the think. The compromise answer yeah. is B, sir. Yes. The compromise answer. No, 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 that he is Tookish. Not that everybody looks at him as weird and like adventurous, but rather that he's just kind of a loner, that he's marked out as different uh, from everybody else, but not because he's running off on adventures or seems likely to run off on adventures. C is the one where basically people are not really shocked that like, you know, that Baggins is off again is basically like the kind of thing, or like you know that, that basically it's it's something that doesn't surprise them to find that he's now going off on a crazy adventure that it seems kind of like him even though he's not comfortable with it and doesn't want to go. In other words, like I said, C the... is the quest of Erebor answer. <laughs> I think uh, I think um, this may end up being a, the most controversial question. <laughs> <clears throat> Perhaps so, but I'm glad. I'm. I'm. I, let me just say, I'm glad we had this little talk. However, because that is definitely how I always conceived of of the C yeah, answer to that yeah, question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dave, Dave, I will do my best to keep the judging committee a sequester from Corey. <laughs> Please do. Please do. I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. None of us stands a chance. Father Roderick's going to win. But. <laughs> Um, hey, um, right, let me keep, just ask a, a point moving. of a point of. Let me ask a question here. I'm suggest I suggest that we don't worry about the conundrums in this episode. Oh yeah, we have no chance. Like, oh, let's just do the riddles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and they're pretty. Yeah. And they're pretty yeah. easy. So, yeah, those yeah. are those are by design simpler anyway. So, yeah. So, uh, okay, riddle number eleven, 11. Gollum. Um, and how will his portrayal in the Lord of the uh, in the Hobbit compare to his portrayal in the Lord of the Rings, particularly in the Riddles in the Dark, our our, our namesake scene? Um, yes. A is he'll be more sympathetic um, via maybe flashbacks. B is he'll be pretty much the same. C is he'll be less sympathetic, more wicked and threatening, and that's kind of the original Hobbit, um, uh, not right. original original Hobbit, but the the published well, yeah. Hobbit, the second version. edition Hobbit, yeah, the second edition Hobbit version, and then uh, D is none of the above. 
Um, I think it, all signs seem to be pointing to B, probably. <sighs> yeah, which is disappointing. Yeah. Andy Serkis said on, when he was interviewed by Stephen Colbert that um, Gollum's actually hot in this movie. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Andy. You know he's he's sixty years younger, and uh, you know his skin is much better and stuff. You know we we talked about that when the when the second trailer came out, and we had those golem scenes. We talked cute. about the cuteness That's right. factor. Sharon yeah. Says cute. Yes. Exactly. Um, no, I think and, the cuteness course, factor is a very real. And Sharon Hoff yes. wants the credit for having said about the, the Gollum plushie, which you poo-pooed, and which they actually do have out now. True, yes, yes. <laughs> the Gollum plush toy. They're not going to have a Gollum plush toy. And Sharon was right. I was wrong. The Gollum plush toy does exist. You know, I, I was uh, um, I was speaking at Barnes & Noble in New York on, uh, on the Upper East Side on Tuesday night, and uh, uh, Nicholas was riveted by the enormous display of uh, Hobbit paraphernalia that they had, Lego sets and and whatnot. Um, <laughs> they had Bilbo plushies there. They did not have the, Go the Gollum plushies. That was like yeah. three hours after oh. uh, Sharon had, had posted her uh, very justifiably gloating uh, uh, picture of the Gollum plushie that she found. Though I have to say, I, I found the, the Bilbo plushie sufficiently disturbing. Um, <laughs> But the yeah, did they have the Gandalf plushie? Because they have a they Gandalf didn't, plushie. They didn't. I already have a Gandalf plushie, like from a, a Lord of the Rings vintage Gandalf yeah. plushie that was a gift from uh, from my <laughs> students, which is, by the way, how I get almost all of my little Tolkien knickknacks. I almost never purchase them for myself. But um, anyway, so but yeah, I, I that that so yes, the Gandalf plushie, yeah. but Yana, it's not cute. Uh, so Yana's, no. Yana's suggesting that in the questions that that, he, that Gollum seems like maybe he's a little more sympathetic with the puppy dog eyes and 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 particularly in the Colbert. No, they they did stuff like that in the Lord of the Rings films. We're talking, we're talking, we're not talking incrementally slightly more sympathetic. We're talking demonstrably more sympathetic or more wicked. Right. If he really right. pretty much kind of seems like he was in the Lord of the Rings films, it's B. It's it basically what I'm saying is yeah. it there needs to be overwhelming evidence for it to be anything but B given what we've seen so far because he's done uh, you know pretty he was pretty in the in the two you know in the two towers when he's interacting with Fro and Sam he becomes pretty sympathetic you know he's very helpful very nice uh, right. I, yeah they 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 right. would have to work very hard to make him not like that right no i mean by by that what what we my my recollection of our intention there um, that's why we added like perhaps by showing flashbacks or reviewing more of his internal psychology that is if are they gonna are they and this is still to me an interesting question which I, has not for me been answered by any of the trailers or anything I've seen is how heavily are they gonna play the pity card at the end of mm -hmm. that sequence, I mean, are are the, I presume they're building up to Bilbo's choice to spare Gollum yeah. um, at the end? And one of the when Tolkien did that, when Tolkien added that in in the second edition, um, one of the things, one of the, one of the changes which correlates with that is his change to descriptions of Gollum um, 
and uh, background material on Gollum all the way through the Gollum story to make him more pitiable, to make him to make it obvious that he's not just a wicked creature like a goblin, but that he is a miserable creature with a tragic past. Um, and that's so. I mean, so Tolkien himself made that choice in setting up Bilbo's act of pity at the end. And are mm-hmm. they going to do it? So that's what that's what I sort of mean by a is that um, it's 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 the, the in this film they're going to go out of their way to make sure that we are pitying Gollum, that they're that they're that they're sympathetic, that we're yeah. sympathetic with Gollum. And and and, yeah, and, but, and as as Dave said, in some kind of overt way, not just like, oh, I think he seems kind of nice sometimes, but rather yeah, yeah, like it can't be it can't be connected to sort of the the, the on screen like oh the the way they CGI'd him this time he looks cuter. No, right, it has right, to be right. like no. in the story. <clears throat> no, I mean, and like so here's an example I would give: if we see at any point Gollum's grandmother on screen. <laughs> I'm ready to go A. <laughs> like that's 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 like A by definition in my book. If we get a flash, because th- that could happen. Flashback of his grandmother, <laughs> especially uh, if she's we could... especially if she's like beating him. Or... Yeah. Right, kicking him in the face. Exactly. Or that's te- right. Teaching him to suck eggs or something. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, yeah, I think we can. Yeah, I think so, we can. I... I think we can stipulate that. Uh... Yeah. Well, no. I mean, but. The, okay. That's an example of the kind of thing. I mean, because I mean, that's one of the things that Tolkien added. I mean, Tolkien added that sentence, which is such a poignant sentence, in the description of Gollum that says that you know he his during the riddle contest when he was remembering a time before he was uh, before he was so wretched, before he was alone, when he was you know back when he had friends, before he was driven out alone down under the roots of the mountain. Um, yeah, I mean that's that's that. Is a concept that's added. I could imagine them doing a similar thing and having a little flashback of you know a happy Smeagol or a Smeagol being kicked out. Um, You know, if that if that happens, something like that. That's what that's what I mean by saying that he's made more sympathetic. That we really are prompted in direct ways, not just because maybe we kind of like him or he seems nice, but that the film is clearly prompting us to have sympathy with him. By the way, there is a setup for for Bilbo's choice that I think is pretty overt. Is when they're in the oh, troll yes. cave, and Gandalf gives him the the sting, you know. And Bilbo says, "I can't do this." And, and Gandalf says, "You know, what does he say? Courage he is says, not about yeah. when you kill; it's when you don't kill, yeah. or something like that." Yeah, Bilbo says, I, "I don't know something about not having the courage to use the sword." And Gandalf says, "You know, real courage is knowing when not to kill." Yeah, it's really yeah. hitting and us I'm over like, the head with it. Right, just right. so you know, audience, this is what's coming to Lord of the Rings. We 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 <laughs> we figured you wouldn't figure it out unless we told you. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah, okay. So um, Riddle Twelve. Yeah, okay. Riddle 12, 12, Twelve is a cool one. This is a really good. Riddle, oh, yeah. Riddle good Twelve one. is the meta riddle. Yes. Yes. And and the question <laughs> is basically, how are they going to handle the riddles? Uh, and and, right. and the idea here was there was basically a range of answers from they'll do the scene verbatim 
uh, all the way down to uh, the kind of the 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 Rankin Bass version where they'll just kind of be a montage of riddles. And this one's very curious because for a variety of reasons. One, because they this was the very first scene they filmed. But also, you know, with the split, there's the possibility of extra time being dedicated to the scene. Some of the reviews I've read have said this scene is actually the the lady from the OneRing.net who wrote a review said she actually cried during this scene. I don't know what wow. that's about. Right. Yeah. Um, so this is very curious. Um, and we also had to be very careful with Tom's the way we wrote Tom's grandmother it, so. kicking him in the face. <laughs> that's I'm right. Yeah, that could happen. <laughs> yeah. Um, a A was they will not omit a single riddle, uh, a la right. Bilbo's recount during the Council of Elrond. <laughs> That's right. Um, B is that they'll omit some riddles, but the ones that they use will be straight from the book. Um, C is reinvented. In other words, they will they'll actually that they'll use some of the riddles, but they'll alter them, or maybe they'll even add entirely new riddles. We think we we when we discuss this, we really thought there was a strong possibility that they would not be able to resist the temptation to kind of try and rewrite the riddles or alter the riddles to, to, to better better suit them for a modern audience. And then D is kind of completely stripped down, that there really actually won't be very, very much riddling, uh, and it'll mostly be a montage, and it'll, it'll be sort of... The, the interaction we see on screen will be not them sitting here reciting these old-fashioned riddles, but more just sort of, you know, kind of banter or whatever. Right. Right. So, um, and, and Corey, I would clarify. Picked, yeah, go ahead. I picked. I you picked C. My, C. my clarification yep. here is, <laughs> it does not count. As, and and this you can. This is a perfectly unbiased clarification because this is a clarification which is likely less likely to make me correct than otherwise. Because I said C. I said reinvented that they'll alter some some of the riddles. But I do want to specify, paraphrasing doesn't count. I mean, if they just change the wording a little bit, but it's the same riddles, I wouldn't count that as C. Um, when, when we say they'll alter some of the riddles or add new ones entirely, we mean really altered. You know, not just change the wording. They may well change the wording, um, but I still wouldn't count that as C. If we, if we get if we get like the same riddles, but again, just like you know, they've paraphrased them somewhat. I'm still fine with A or B uh, for that. Um, but uh, but yeah, so C C is there have to be some entirely new riddles, or they have to Re- done some again. massive alterations. Right. Yep. And I, I think still, that makes sense. I still think that that's what's going to happen. I still stand by my C prediction on that. I I think that's a very reasonable prediction. So, um, <clears throat> any comments on that? Otherwise, we should probably keep going. We're, we're yes, we're, we're like halfway there, and we have 15 minutes to... left. So, um, well, we're, good we're, news, which is fine, <laughs> which is fine because you know the ones which were a year ago are the ones we most needed to review and talk yep. over. The stuff we've done in the last couple months is. Yep, much fresher. Well, we can literally we can... leap over Riddle 13. Yeah, Riddle, Riddle 13 will skip because that was... That well, was actually, well, hang on. No, I don't quite want to skip this because this is something... That, well, okay. The, the specific question about what the filming will be for next year. Um, yeah. Yep. Um, well, I, I, I mean, it is kind of reasonable. Like, but this was, question was... This was where... This was, this was the Comic-Con one, right? And this was like... This was, what, this was our Comic-Con episode. And right yes. after we did this was when he announced the three films, right? Yeah. So, so yes. what this question was aimed at was the idea of an extra film, which has since been confirmed. Yes. 
There is still an interesting question about one: Will they do a bridge film down the road? That was a conundrum. And then also, what they we still know for a fact that they're filming extra stuff next year, and we right. don't know 100% what it's going to be. Although it's been heavily hinted that it's going to be ba- um, Battle of Five Armies because they apparently haven't finished that. But there is still sort of an open question of what are they filming next year, and is it going to be film two stuff, film three stuff, and whatnot? But we should probably we we, we can talk about that, you know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Episode. Yeah. Well, no that the, that is the aspect of that one riddle that I think is is it because we were discussing the 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 whole idea of a gap film. Um. You know. Uh, right. And that I think. And all really... of us, I think, all three of us said that we thought that would happen, and I still right. I still think that. And so I mean that that's something that I don't want. I, people were very quick to say, well, Riddle Thirteen has been answered now. When like in the next week, Jackson announced the trilogy thing, but I I, I was always always. I always wanted to clarify that's not actually true. It wasn't a question. That's not because that's not exactly what we were predicting. Um, what we were predicting, a part of what we were discussing then, was the question of an entirely new film project that this would then spin into or develop into. Yeah. And that I think has still not been answered at all. Well, it, right. that's that's why we that's why that's a separate conundrum. That's why we we yep. sort of. Yeah. We retcon the question because I think, I think it is fair to say that the filming for next year is aimed at a third film or or for the second film. That 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 the technical answer for for that for Riddle Thirteen is a third film, but uh, but that the conundrum remains unanswered and will not be answered until you know will be answered only with time. So, right. All right. So next riddle. Um, under what circumstances will Bilbo be reunited with Gandalf and the dwarves? This is interesting from everything we've seen. Um, mm-hmm. This is post. Uh, uh, mi- this is Misty Mountains. This is post um, capture by the goblins. Post falling into the dank hole uh, of where Go- where Gollum is, and. Um, our answers were we tried we were really splitting hairs here. Bilbo was escaping yes. the mountains alone, find them by chance, sneak invisibly among them, showing off his competence as a burglar. The Mark Fisher book answer. B was right. uh, Bilbo will meet up with them within the mountains somehow, and they will escape together. C was Bilbo escapes alone um, and then meets them outside the mountains, uh, kind of like A, but that it's turned into an act- continuous action sequence. He he will not. Uh, uh, happen upon them while they are picnicking on the mountainside. Um, right. D is Bilbo escapes alone and bef- before the dwarves do, and then returns to the mountains to help them escape, which Corey liked because that would be that would give Bilbo a chance to display his heroism. E well, was and, and, and it's also cool because it's like a, a, I, I I'm always amused by the times whenever a, a concept a plot concept is mentioned in the book or somebody thinks about doing something in the yeah. books and then they don't and then it really happens in the films that always really amuses me um, and that's of course what happens Bilbo looks back at the mountains and is like well I guess I'm going to have to go back in and find the dwarves and that's when he stumbles across their camp um, so if they actually made that true I think that would be funny I like yes that. yeah I, you're right I like that idea and they, they, they've done that a lot some, sometimes mm-hmm. even sometimes even uh, uh, inappropriately so. Yes. Yes. <laughs> take, very take much. Something that's just 
hinted at in the books and then turn into a full-fledged scene and they and they you know it's clear they completely misunderstood the text or or maybe just intentionally <laughs> misconstrued it. Or, or at least are i don't know are kind of riffing on it in a different way yes yeah but yeah so, yeah and then um the last answer e is the sort of the dwarves escape bilbo doesn't the dwarves return to to rescue him so uh, this i have no clue because all of we've seen so many weird interesting scenes of the misty mountains goblin town sequence in particular like there's the weird one in the i think it's in the ew clips where like you know it, it's sort of the the structure of goblin town seems to resemble kind of a um a a, uh, a combination of moria and like the Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, um, uh, like mine <laughs> cart sequence. Tunnel sequence, yeah. yeah. Yeah, where they're like run, they're running along like all these like bridges and and these like very sort of um, shoddily erected structures through the the You're right. Of the That's what that was reminding me of. I, you know, yep. every time I've seen the trailers of them running around on those wooden catwalks, I, it was I, I had this nagging sense that it looks familiar, and I couldn't place it. But that's exactly it's, it. It's the Indiana Temple of Doom. Jones. <laughs> oh, oh, that's yes. It's it's like a combination of Moria, Indiana Jones, and Swiss Family Robinson Treehouse. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. So, but there's a. There's but you're right, Dave. We they... do actually have this this gap. We have a gap between when he's in the mountains and then when we see them in the circle, where he's saying, "You lost your home. I'm going to help you find it." The, our riddle is actually directed right at this gap that we have not. We don't have a clue to. Yeah. Actually, I think that. Handy? I think that scene of him saying, "You lost your," that strikes me as earlier in the film because it because it don't isn't that where Thorin asks him. You know, have you ever do you do you know how to fight? And and he laughs or something. I don't know. I I, I kind of wonder if they. Oh, I I, I thought I guess there. because there were pine trees in the background, I was figuring but, that was probably. But is after it? It's a fascinating escape. question because it's clear that they've ex, they're expanding the the, the on screen time of this scene, and so where people will be when is really an interesting question. You know, we've seen um the and uh they. They, I think it was in the EW clips where they showed them running along the um, the dwarves running along the the these catwalk things, and they grab like some kind of like a long log, and and sort of uh, carry it like a battering ram, but then use it to sort of sweep hordes of goblins aside as they're running, sort of knocking them off the catwalk. It's kind of an amusing scene. Um, I've heard that the this the action sequence in the 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 Goblin Town action sequence is kind of a mixture of action and humor. Um, so it's kind of like a sort of a Bugs Bunny cartoon thing where, where the action is very sort of comical and kind of exaggerated. There's not a lot of like cutting heads off and stuff. But anyway, so, you know, and, and we've seen that the, the, the scene of something, I think a goblin attacking Bilbo and Bilbo's just holding Sting in front of him and just accepting the blows of the, the goblin yes. sword on it and stuff. And so it's like, now that... is that before Riddles in the Dark, after Riddles yes. in the Dark? I'm almost positive that's before, uh, and for this evidence, I, 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 this evidence I get from the movie storybook uh, that Houghton Mifflin <laughs> sent me, um, and apparently they are going to change the, um, they're going to change Bilbo's separation from the party, so that Bilbo is actually not going to be. I don't think Bilbo is ever going to meet the Goblin King. Oh. He's never going to meet the great goblin. He is going to be separated from. He's he's going to be not captured by the goblins, but follow along behind, 
Um, so he's gonna like, uh, he's he's just he's gonna be like hiding or something. The goblins I, will I miss him. I think you're right about that. Capture the dwarf. Think... He's gonna follow them, and that's when he like accidentally falls down, or or like, and some goblin catches up with him, and and that's how he and he runs away, and that's how he gets separated from them. Because the the chronology in the book is the crack opens, they get captured, they go down to Goblin Town in the in the Great Goblin. Gandalf kills the Great Goblin. They escape. Uh, Bilbo gets lost while they're escaping. The dwarves escape. Then Bilbo, you know, does the reels in the dark sequence, all that, and then he escapes and then meets up with them. I, I really, I think you're right. I think probably what's going to happen is they're actually not going to be captured immediately. That's that that the crack, the crack, rather than starting with them becoming th- immediately captured, will open into a, an action sequence, and then Bilbo. No, will be I don't lost think so. They they. The scene I've seen, they actually slide down some kind of slide into a big old basket. Yeah, and I then can, they get picked up by the by the goblins. The uh, the the movie storybook contains quite um, not very much prose and much pictures. Um, it's this is like designed for for younger children, uh, and there are many aspects of the plot which are given a very bare summary. But this part actually is one of the most detailed parts of the book. Here's what the book says. Um, Okay, as Bofor sits at the entrance of the cave keeping watch, why Bofor is keeping watch, I don't know, but anyway, Balin <laughs> huddles up, Bilbo huddles up and starts to fall asleep. But just then, the floor of the cave drops away, swallowing the group and plunging them into darkness. Tumbling end over end along a dark, damp chute, Bilbo and his friends come clattering to a halt inside a rusty cage. Peering out through the bars, they realize they have been captured by goblins. Surrounded by a horde of these slimy, scabby monsters, the dwarves are led off in a line through the dark tunnels. Bilbo is at the back of the line and suddenly realizes there are no other goblins behind him. Seizing his chance, he quickly slips off into a gloomy side tunnel and tries to escape. Bilbo hasn't made as clean a getaway as he thought, however, and soon finds himself being chased through the caverns by a goblin. As the slimy, scarred creature gets closer, Bilbo draws his sword and sees that it is glowing with an eerie blue light. The goblin pounces, slashing at Bilbo. That, I think, is what we've been seeing in the trailers. Ah, Uh, interesting. Struggling and stumbling, Bilbo slips, and both he and the goblin fall headlong into a dark crevice, plunging even further into the gloom below. The goblin is killed in the fall, but Bilbo is now alone and lost, and that's when he finds Gollum. Ah, interesting. Okay. And I said, of of like the entire book, that's one of the most detailed blow-by-blows it gives. (laughs) For some reason, I don't. I don't even know. Um, I mean, like by contrast, the departure from uh, is given in one sentence, and it's not by context. It's not even clear. Like it says that yep. he's reunited with them, but it doesn't even say whether it's in the mountains or out of the mountains. It's it's, it's hmm. quite unclear. Now we do have a song in the in the soundtrack called "Brass Buttons." So hopefully he will do something promising. where he loses his buttons. Yes. So that's promising. interesting. So um, huh? Okay. Well, my yep. My off-the-cuff speculation is completely wrong, but um, <laughs> but it still it, but it still leaves open the interesting question of sort of yeah. um, the the chronology. We still don't know how they're going to reunite. Yeah. No, I think, we don't I think really this at is all. Very good, I think this is a uh, this is an excellent riddle. I I don't think there's a whole lot of clarification. I mean, we we've tried to be very careful about splitting hairs here, so I don't think there's a lot of clarification that needs to be done. Yep. So, no, uh, no, I think so. So I, I say so. we move on. Quickly, uh, yes. Okay, yes. Riddle 15, what role will the Eagles play? Um, this is another question and... I'm really pleased with. I, I think this one's yep. still, we know the Eagles rescue them, but we still have no clue where they're taking them. Right. right. So, 
And that's and uh, this might end up having to be tabled for that reason. <coughs> oh, good point. If the last shot is the eagles flying into the sky. Yeah, yep. exactly. Um, I, apparently they dropped them off at the Carrick because the Carrick is apparently included in the um, in the movie one. Is it? Mm-hmm. Well, Do we'll we see. Know that for sure. Like for sure. For well, sure. it's in that Chronicles book. The drawing did, of it is in the Chronicles book, and, uh, and it's a shape like a big bear. Right. I don't think anything's guaranteed. We did say that that the that the Carrick counts as Bjorn's house. Yes, you did already say that actually in the episode. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and I think yeah, it's I, this I, point where Thorin actually hugs Bilbo, I think. I'm not sure. Yep. I, um, I, 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 I'm fine with Carrot County. It basically boils down to will they do the book thing, take them to their Eyrie? Will they speed them along on their journey to Bjorn? Will they take them take them to a place not right. in the book, which is Radagast's house? So will there be a non-book detour? And then D was D was kind of the, 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 um, the far out there answer of they're actually not going to rest. They're not going to carry them off, but we'll maybe right. kill the goblins. They're going to do something else. Yeah. 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 D seems D seems okay. almost hopelessly wrong at this point, but um, but I think the other three are open. <laughs> yep. Right. Yep. Okay. okay. Riddle sixteen. Sixteen. <laughs> yeah, I can leave in one minute. Okay. Sixteen. Um, <laughs> uh, what will happen to the great goblin? Gandalf kills him in an encounter. Uh, with the goblins in the Misty Mountains, as in the book, Thorin kills him in their encounter. Uh, Thorin kills him in, in the Misty Mountains. He's killed by someone else in the encounter in the Misty Mountains, or he survives and shows up again in this or the other films. Um, I think this one's. Well, we know the last one's too. wrong. Yeah. Yeah, we don't know how he dies. We know he dies. But we don't know how. Yep. yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think this is still wide open. There is a um, Billy. Billy claims that he that this has been answered by the photo that he posted on uh, on um, uh, Facebook because uh, uh, on the Tolkien Professor page because there's a it's it's Gandalf and the dwarf standing before the the great goblin. Although Billy says that they're unchained, so it looks like they're confronting him. But I don't know if we know this for sure. But Billy, man, dude. He's not dead. He's still alive. We still. He's it still looks alive. like Gandalf. Is, <laughs> it looks like Gandalf is posed to kill him, but anybody could kill him at that point. So, yep. I think it's still yep. wide open. Still probable, but still not definite. Okay, then seventeen was Radagast. What function will Radagast serve on the White Council in the Hobbit trilogy? Now, this is going to be interesting. Um, yeah. Choices were honest, good guy, but has a minor role. Um, one of the that he, so that he's not really on the council at all and doesn't really play a part. Um, he's one of the inner circle operating on a par with Gandalf and Elrond and Galadriel. Um, uh, C that he is Saruman's patsy, and D that he is uh, that he's not part of the White Council at all. I think it's wide open. I mean, I don't think D is right because we are going to be seeing him prior to Rivendell, so I guess he's going to be there, but we don't know in what capacity. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, true. We don't. I. Um... Oh, by the way, uh, one quick clarification for the previous question for Billy. Billy asked, what, "What if he dies during his fall? Since we see him falling, if he's pushed by Gandalf or Thorin, that counts as A or B. Otherwise, it's... that counts. <laughs> Otherwise, C. Yeah, it's true. I mean, if he dies of natural causes, I guess that would be C. Though it's not something yes, any of us anticipated. Killed by someone. Right. Else. right. <laughs> Fate. So, now, Riddle um, 18 is interesting. Riddle is 18 is a great one. for 17? I, I think 17 is pretty clear. Um, there will so. need to be some interpretation of events, but I think I think it's pretty clear. Yeah. 18. Yeah. Sorry. 18. <clears throat> okay. Um, 
How will Sauron the Necromancer appear in the first film? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Um, is uh, A, is he will be referred to in dialogue, but will make no direct appearance. B was he'll never appear on camera, but we'll hear his voice. Maybe he's issuing instructions. C is he will be in he will appear in a form we saw in Lord of the Rings, such as a black armored humanoid or a flaming eyeball. <laughs> D is he will appear in a non corporeal, non Lord of the Rings form, <clears throat> some kind of wraith or shadow. Uh, e is he will appear in a corporeal, non Lord of the Rings form, cloaked hooded wizard, fair form, something like that. That's right. So we really split we split hairs on that. That's pretty specific. Yeah, we did. Um, yep. If he, I, I I'm sure. So there's no chance that he will just be completely absent. He'll at least be mentioned. So I think. Uh, yeah. I think. I think yeah. There's no, no, no adjustments exactly, that need to right. Either. Which would be a. But, um, yeah. No. I mean, I I still think I, I I'm. I'm still liking my prediction. I said corporeal. Yeah, all Lord three of us said the same. Yep. yep, all three of us said that. <clears throat> yeah, I feel good about yeah. that too. Now, Riddle 19 is interesting. Riddle 19 is about the dwarf ring, and I just want to say that in that 13-minute uh, clip, Saruman talks about the dwarf rings, which I uh-huh. find very good. Yes. Uh-huh. So, yes, Riddle 19 is what role will the dwarf ring play in the movie? Yes, what right. what uh, Saruman says is the seven are powerless without the one, or something like that. The seven basically. So, but anyway, he's talking about the dwarf rings in the in the yeah, clip. Yes. So A will be none at all. B would be – A seems ruled out at this point. B is passing reference, does not figure into plot. So at a minimum, it looks like it's probably B, which means I'm screwed. Uh, <laughs> C is C is only foreshadows the power of the One Ring over its wielder. Um, I'm not – can't even remember what we meant by that. Could be. Could be. Basically uh, – basically, Well, is, uh, I think because the the, the – the wielder of the dwarf ring gets affected, like gets more greedy. Yeah. I think it may be connected exactly. to what they call the dragon sickness in Thorne's family. Yeah, so right. it shows that it has a power over its its, its holder. Exactly. The, exactly. The, will we see that on screen? I'm wondering. If, I'm wondering if the questions that I'm the answers I'm reading from the um, nope that is the actual that is the no you're text. right you're right that's right so <clears throat> so would we see that on screen? <clears throat> um, uh, like how how would this how would C be executed on screen? <clears throat> well, what I've heard Armitage say about Thorin is something about how this dragon sickness runs in his family, and I'm thinking that might just be like a little bit of a fog cover over the fact that his family are the holders of the ring, and it could be connected. Right to again, the ring. but it, you know, but if. <clears throat> but if they don't connect that on the screen, if we just, you know, if right. if, if that's all right. we know and there's no reference to the ring on screen, I don't think. So that's why I'm asking how. Well, no, how but I'm I'm suspecting that it could be connected to the ring on in the movie. They're just not <clears throat> letting us know that ahead of time. So yeah, right. I mean, that would be how, if they if my they question talk about is it how how on screen how would you do like would it be during a White Council discussion would they talk about this or well I would say that's first what I was of all thinking. that exposition would be would be sufficient <clears throat> um, if they talk about the effect of the dwarf ring um, and their their whole discussion of the dwarf ring is basically as a setup for the One Ring so that we. Mm-hmm. Can, and know what to expect, and that we can correctly interpret, you know, any ominous music that accompanies, uh, you know, Bilbo <laughs> holding and looking at the One Ring and all that kind of thing. Um, and if that's its only function, I would think that that counts. As for how it could be depicted, well, it would depend upon what we see of their history. If we see, you know, if we see Thrain on screen, I think this is one of the things I suggested in the episode. If we see Thrain on screen and he's got like 
you know, like it, we, we get some kind of on-screen exposition of, uh, or not just exposition, but flashback to um, Thrain's, uh departure and destruction, and he's at all like Gollumish from the effect of the ring on him. That that too could be used as a as a kind of a setup. Um, so so that's 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 the intention of of. Um, my recollection of the okay. uh, of the intention of C is not necessarily to predict like particular particular visual choices, but rather that uh, you know the role that it will play in the movie is just as a setup for the One Ring that it will help um, help the audience to have a framework for understanding the One Ring, you know, better when he gets it. Okay, but that could that be expositional. Sense. Okay, that makes um, sense. D would be D would be it would actually be a part of the plot so like uh, they would be there'd be discussion about them hoping to find it at the lonely mountain or um or or maybe uh the the whole crazy cockamamie they'll replace the arkenstone with the dwarven ring thing but but <laughs> th that that's kind of what d means right yeah right. And, and and connecting some to the backstory of of the of the dwarves too so you know that um they can talk about you know maybe one of them will recall that like that Sauron betrayed them before because he gave them the ring or that he stole and was trying to steal it back from them or um or whatever. I mean and any of those any any of that kind of stuff too. Uh, oh my god guys and, we're almost done. Yeah. Yeah and and yeah. and Which just a good, brief note. <laughs> That's right. Brief note. Brief note. Um this is definitely a question that might be reactivated for future film because it could be maybe, Yeah, it, it could be it, it, in this yeah. film, maybe all we'll get is Saruman's comment about the Seven, but then, yeah, you know, yeah. uh, uh, in film two, if we see Gandalf encountering Thrain, then then we might then then it becomes right. more like C. So this that right. definitely could be reactivated. All right. Yep. Uh, uh, next next riddle. Yep. Uh, riddle. Which twenty? Was well, the... twenty, which is the songs. Yay! Right. Yeah. So uh, th there's six songs in the book up to where we think the end of the film will be the the eagles rescue and yes. so our question was how you know will they be included and how a is contrary to all evidence um uh, <laughs> beyond hope they will all make their way into the film complete b is significant portions of of songs will be included verbatim um but but probably not accompanied by music um uh um you know but but it could be, uh, you know, like the dwarf right. drinking song or, or uh, Baggins' right. chip plate song is in there. Uh, so if that right. was the only song that we got, that would probably count as B. C is most or all of the songs will be referenced on screen as a, you know, to placate the Tolkien fans, but only with a passing reference or a snippet of verse. D is the only book songs to be included will be, oh, okay. The, the only book songs will be to be included will be the two listed in the published soundtrack. So if the only songs we get are the ones that are, we already know about on the soundtrack, that's D. C is, right, right. C is if they refer to the other songs, but only sort of as, as kind of Easter egg references. B right. is um, we will get significant, you know, we'll get the goblins chanting down to Goblin right. Town as they yes. go down there. Yes, that's sort of the classic illustration <laughs> of how we could get another song. It, maybe they right. sing it, maybe they don't, but if we have yeah. something which sounds quite distinctly like the down, down to Goblin yeah. Town verse. Um, or even if you get a goblin it. just simply saying 15 birds in a fir tree, you know, even right. if you just well, have that one line. That's, 
that is that, oh i'm sorry that's, that's c. c that's c yeah, yeah. yeah okay. c is c okay. would be um um c would be c would be like the elves in rivendell commenting on how their ponies need shoeing and then right. the, the <laughs> and the goblins saying hey 15 birds and five fir trees eh right um, right b right. would be b would that be, would be like getting having an elf recite like a, a complete verse or two from from Trollala Lally. Right. Right. <laughs> I mean, right. hey, if we get if 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 an elf utters the word the the syllables fa la with music in the background, I'm going B. I mean, <laughs> there are there, there are harpists. We do have harp players uh-huh. in, at Rivendell. I've seen a scene with that, so you never know that in the very background we could be getting tra la la or something or fa la la. If we get tra la la, you know, I okay, it's 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 B. I'm sorry, it's B. If we get if we get any any whiff. In the distance of Tralalalali, I'm, I'm, I, I would think that's B. But. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think I'd be willing to. I'm willing to. I'm not willing to stipulate it now, but I certainly think it's. It, we, it requires very serious consideration if the words Tralalalali are uttered on screen. <laughs> yes. that's that's over the top <laughs> reference. Yeah. Yeah. That so is, again, couldn't true. you just see uh, Elrond using the phrase "down in the valley" in like you know, <laughs> yes. when he's welcoming them? What um, he shows up awesome... on his horse. Yes. And, right. That and would ending, that would be an awesome like Easter egg thing. And then an ending with ending with the with the words "ha ha, ha ha." Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. If Elrond ever says "ha ha," I'll be. Uh, <laughs> Pretty surprised, I have to say. I'm trying to imagine what Hugo Weaving would be doing with his eyebrows when he said "ha ha." Yeah. <laughs> but okay, and then our last riddle was last just a few one. days ago. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. What evidence will ago. the audience see in the Hobbit an unexpected journey of Saruman's impending villainy, villainhood, uh, evil, treachery, whatever? A is none whatsoever, no hints. This is the Christopher Lee answer where he said in an interview that we're seeing Saruman as a good guy here. Um, B yeah. is foreshadowing and dramatic irony, suspicious reactions to news on the council, etc., but nothing definite and no one suspects him. C is some members of the council clearly suspect him and may even discuss it behind his back, but the audience sees no clear evidence. D is the audience gets clear evidence evidence that Saruman is evil or becoming evil, even if the other characters do not see it. So the the main the main thing about this question is it's not a question of what other characters know, it's a question of what evidence is provided to the audience. To the audience, exactly. Exactly. Um and that's in uh that's correctly in the order of like ascending evil of Saruman. As far as what we see. Yep. So, yep. By the way, yep. Daniel Helen just commented. He says that after listening to the previous episode, he went and rewrote the Tolkien Gateway uh, entry on the White Council. Oh, really? Pretty impressive. Oh, excellent. Yeah. I don't. I don't I, yeah, he I'm didn't explain. He didn't explain why or how he rewrote it, but but that's pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, right. I have a lot of respect for those Tolkien Gateway guys. You know, I think they do some really good work over there, and I think that actually that kind of that kind of work <laughs> is really underappreciated. I think yep. by, a, by a lot of people. Yep. Daniel says the old the old article was truly awful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we good. did okay. it, guys. I'm really impressed. 
We did yeah. it, and I have to leave in like 60 seconds. But that was good. So I think that was okay, and I'm glad we, we went over. I know we've been all a long time since I'd thought in detail about some of our early riddles and stuff. So it's good to have all that stuff in our head. We will have for so for everybody who wants to participate. We're going to be having two. We, we're going to we're going to be officially closing the riddles in the dark voting. So if you want to be involved in the official vote and 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 get the possibility to win a prize, uh, you have to submit your votes by Wintrish. Um, it, the the uh, cutoff is Monday, and I guess we'll call that Monday midnight. So the t December tenth, eleven fifty nine, fifty nine. Right. All right. December tenth at eleven fifty nine, and we'll just call it Eastern time. Uh, be for yes, Eastern time. Yes. Because yeah, Eastern time. Yeah. So by 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 eleven fifty nine p.m. Eastern time on Monday evening, that is the last time to submit your votes and have them count towards possibility of winning a prize and winning great recognition and respect from everybody so that's that now i also want to let folks know that have asked we may um, i haven't actually talked to Gore about this but we may have a rat we may have to do a rat sort of another sort of riddles in the dark retrospective or something afterwards, right 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 oh yeah we we will yeah. we, they, we will certainly be doing a, a a riddles in the dark actual podcast episode sometime in the month of december after the film is released we'll probably just do one and yeah. we probably won't yeah. we probably won't introduce any new riddles or anything until till no. 2013 yeah. but we'll, we'll do yeah, at least no. one we'll wrap up review. yeah yeah just to, you know talking yeah. about the film and stuff so okay all right Corey, take okay. us away okay uh, oh, wait, actually, before I do, one last quick thing. Um, also, <laughs> you have until Monday to register for MythMood. So your last right. chance, if you want to come and watch the film with us and participate in discussions afterwards, um, uh, uh, then th this is this is the last chance. So Baltimore, the weekend, 15th and 16th, which is next weekend for crying Next week! Uh, a week from tomorrow, um, we will be watching the film together, and then we will be uh, uh, spending the rest of the day in uh, in uh, in guided discussions. It's going to be great. So anyway, so your last chance to register for MythMood, go to MythGuard.org, um, and through Monday, um, but after Monday, we're closing down the registration because we have to have our definite numbers um, for our venue. So, okay, that's the last thing I wanted to say. So <laughs> thanks, everybody, for listening, and Godspeed.